in this church tonight. I am always grateful to get a chance to speak, and I'm always grateful to serve Tree of Life Church to be a part of the branch, the best youth group in the world. It's not a biased opinion. That's, that is the truth. I love this church. I love our pastor. He asked me to preach on this Sunday night, and I thought, okay, that's the message after the most anticipated Sunday morning message of the year. No problem. So I asked him this afternoon if he wanted me to give a seven-minute message or a 49-minute message. He didn't respond, so I'll just take my liberty this evening. I love this church. I love what God is doing here. I'm glad to be a part of it. Those are not cliches. That's my heart. I'm going to turn your attention tonight to Exodus chapter 13. I'm going to read out of the King James Version and the New Living Translation. Exodus 13, verses 17 and 18. And when it came to pass, when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest peradventure the people repent when they see war and they will return to Egypt. But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went harnessed out of the land of Egypt. The New Living Translation says this of those two scriptures. When Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them through along the main road that runs through Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. God said if the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness toward the Red Sea. If you'll go down with me to Exodus chapter 14, verses 29 through 21. But the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall unto them on the right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians, and the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. Tonight, for either seven minutes or 49 minutes, I'd like to just speak to you on the topic, Undeniably God. Undeniably God. Would you pray with me this evening? Lord, we love you. We love you. We love you. We are here tonight, God, to spend time with you, to bask in your presence, to worship you, to tell you how much we love you. And God, we're asking, Lord, that in the next few minutes you would share something with us, God, that faith would be released in this building and in this room today, Jesus, that it would be increased, that we would build up that most holy faith that you had put on the inside of us today, Jesus. Anoint me today, God, to deliver the word for your people. We honor you and worship you. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Amen. You may be seated. This past weekend, we spent uh, a long, it was a long and short time at midwinter. Somehow, it was only 24 hours, but it felt like, that. it really made the scripture come alive a day as, as a thousand years. Uh, I just felt like it, was, it went forever, but it was still a really short time. Uh, prime young adults and uh, the branch youth went to midwinter youth retreat up in Grove City, Ohio. It was an awesome, awesome time. I'm not sure the total number of attendants that were there, but 
probably over 1,000, 1,500, maybe even 2,000 people, young people gathering from around the state of Ohio to worship the Lord, to gather together in the middle of winter and hear from God. Amen? Amen. I honor Brother Tyreek and Sister Ashton Andrews, our prime ministers, as I like to call them, Prime Minister Andrews, for leading up our young adults, uh, our prime team. We took a total of 42 people to Midwinter this past weekend. It was awesome. Amen. 18 people received the Holy Ghost yesterday afternoon. 43 reported miracles. It's just a youth midwinter, right? It's not, it's not a really big deal. It's just supposed to be the kids get together, go to an afterburner. That's just, just having fun. The Lord is working. I'm, I'm here to tell you that the Lord is working even in the youth group, even in young adults. God is working. Amen. I honor my youth team today. I'm thankful for them. At the conclusion of both services, uh, we took, I think we had eight or nine adults to go with the chaperones. God bless you. And at the end of those services, as our teens and our young adults began to pray, I didn't have to say, hey, uh, go pray with that person. Go pray with that person. He just made the altar call. And as our young adults and our teens started to pray, our chaperones just went, prayed with them. We're laying hands on them. I love my youth team because they love the Lord. They work for God. They serve the Lord. I honor them today. Brother Kiel Thompson preached uh, yesterday afternoon and began to prophesy to us that something was coming that we could not see yet with our eyes, with our physical eyes. Something was coming, but if we were to look in the natural, or in the spiritual rather, we could see it. And it lined up exactly with what I've been feeling ever since Youth Congress of last year, where the Holy Ghost is leading myself, where the Holy Ghost is leading Brother Tyreek, where the Holy Ghost is leading the branch and prime in an evangelism push for the next year and a half. I am excited that faith was preached yesterday. God is building up my faith, and I believe I have come tonight to help build yours. Amen. I'm a very cerebral person. I don't cry often. Brother Mark Purdy and I share kindred spirits there. We want to know how things work. We want to be able to explain stuff. I want to think things out. I want to think things through. I want to know how things work. I don't just want to say, wow, that's cool. I'd like to learn about it. I want to know how. I want to understand why that happens. And in today's society, with the invention of YouTube, you can basically go learn anything you'd like to do. You can get on YouTube. I don't know how to change the oil in a car. Just YouTube it. How to change the oil in a specific year, make and model. And there's somebody that did that on YouTube. I don't know how to make a certain dish. I'd like to make a recipe. My mom asked for rigatoni D for her birthday last year, or uh, last week. And uh, I said, absolutely. I'll go to Maggiano's. I'll get that dish. It's your birthday. Happy birthday. I went to go buy it for our entire family. I said, I'll make that dish. I'm not going to go to Maggiano's. I'll, I'll just make it. So I got online. I looked up the recipe, came home, made it. And let me tell you, once you figured it out, there's no secret in the sauce. I know the secret now. I, I know it. I will not charge Maggiano's, but for Ready Now contributions, I will bring some to your house. We can learn anything nowadays. We can get online. We can look up recipes. We can explain things. We can know things. We can gain knowledge. We can say, I don't know how to do this. I can get online, look up, and know how to do it. There's an expert in every field. We can get online to learn even how to tie a bow tie for Anna Urshan's wedding. You can look these things up. We can learn business. We can learn real estate. You can get online and learn these things. We can become knowledgeable. We can get online and be taught a tutorial to understand, to know how, to be able to explain anything. Once we know it, we can explain it. 
that satisfies my flesh. But our Bible has scriptures in it that say things like we walk by faith and not by sight. And that that word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And some of those things are not explainable. My flesh doesn't like that. But I want to know where I'm going, God. I want to know what that 50th year jubilee looks like that pastor's preaching about. I want to know. I want to explain it. I want to know how it happened. It makes me feel better. It makes me feel like I'm in more control. God is not calling us to that. God is not calling us to always understand, but to trust in him. His peace passes our understanding. A lot of times we think that when we have that control, we're at peace. Now I know. Now I feel better. But true peace comes when our mind stays on him. His peace passes all of our understandings. We have learned to live a life so planned out that we can explain everything we do. We've got a schedule. We know where we're going. We know when we're going. We know why we're going. We know how many miles it takes us to get there, how much gas it's going to cost. We know everything. We can explain it all. But I would warn you tonight to be careful to not so control your life that there is no room for faith and for miracles. I've not preached a message like faith on this, and I'm kind of nervous. Because I've not preached a message on faith like this. I'm a control freak. I want to know. I'd like to drive the car. I want to be in control. Don't have so much control in your life that there's no room for faith and that there's no room for miracles. I remember there was a time a couple years ago where I told Caitlin, I said, hey, where should we go for dinner? And she said, IHOP. And I'm like, well, that's, that's, why, that's why I didn't pick, because I wouldn't have picked that. So we go to IHOP. We're leaving a softball game in Milford, and it's 11 o'clock at night. We stop in, and we get pancakes, and the lady comes over, and she's talking to us. She just moved here. She's new to the area. She wants to know what church we go to. I'm like, how did you know we go to church? You just have that look about you. That's kind of being led by faith. I know that's, a, that's, a, that's an example. It's not the most crazy example, but God will lead you and put you in the path of people that need hope. He's putting you in their path. Leave room in your life for faith and miracles will happen. We see stories in scriptures that demand reliance on God, that if it had not been for Jesus, there would not be another option. I'll turn your attention to Daniel chapter 3, verses 29. Pastor literally gave away all my illustrations this morning, so I appreciated that. He started talking about the three Hebrew boys that the, uh, the king said, go ahead and bow down to this music. When I put up the statue and I played the music, bow down and worship it. They said, we cannot do that. We can't. Love you. We can't do it. Music plays, statue goes up. Can't do it. I'm so sorry. So he turns up the furnace. We all heard it this morning, seven times hotter than normal. And the three Hebrew boys get thrown inside. As they get thrown inside, the king looks and says, there seems to be somebody else in there. Did we not throw three in? Yes, we did. Okay, there's a fourth person in there, and the fourth looks like the son of God. Amen. 
Thank the Lord for that. His response is then this. Therefore, this is the king, I make a decree that every people, nation, and language which speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces and their houses shall be made a dunghill because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. This is a trial. This is a temptation for these three Hebrew boys to go ahead and bow, to take the easy route. But they said, no, we're going to stand. We're going to serve the Lord. They are thrown into the fire. I, I, there's a part of me that believes it's okay that we go in there. We're not going to perish. God will make a way somehow. I believe there's a little part of them that knew that he would come through somehow. And they get thrown in there. They're not burned. Their clothes don't smell like smoke. Their hair is fine. There's a fourth guy standing in there. How do you explain that? You can't look that up on YouTube. How to go into a furnace, not be burned alive, and let God be manifest with you. That's not on there. It's unexplainable, but it's undeniably God. It's a supernatural thing. I can't tell you how it happened. It just did. I believe it. It's undeniably Jesus Christ showing up in their life. A couple chapters later in the book of Daniel, Daniel is thrown into a lion's den. Again, not looking good. How to survive a night with lions. There's no look up for this. You can't Google this. You can't YouTube this. There's no explainable way to come out of this. Overnight, the king is regretting his decision, saying, what have I done? He wakes up the next morning. He runs to the den. He says, Daniel, are you still there? Daniel says, yes. I'm just chilling with the cats. We're just having a good time. We're all good. He, the king then makes another decree again to the people. Then King Darius wrote, this is uh, chapter 6, verse 26 and verse 27. Then uh, I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God. This is someone that didn't believe, that asked you to not pray to that God, but now that he has provided a way, now I'm telling you, you should go believe in the living God and steadfast forever, and his kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed, and his dominion shall be even unto the end." Not only is there a way out of escape for these people that are serving God, but the people that have put them in this predicament now believe in God. Undeniably, God coming through in these situations. Who could have provided a deliverance like that out of a fiery furnace? Who could have provided a deliverance like that out of a lion's den? It's undeniably God. There is no way to explain it. It's just God. He did it alone. The Lord tells Joshua to have the Israelites, the patriots, whatever you want to call them, walk around the walls of Jericho each day for six days and on the seventh day to walk around seven times. It's crazy. It doesn't seem logical. Again, there's no how to take out Jericho. We're just going to look all of these up. They don't exist, but they're going to go ahead and be obedient. And so they do. They get up and they walk the first day. Pastor preached it masterfully this morning. They did the second day. They didn't give up on the third day, nor the fourth, fifth, sixth. And on the seventh, they got up, walked around seven times. Their obedience was fulfilled. And then in verse Joshua 6, verse 20, it says, So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets, and it came to pass that when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with the great shout, that the walls fell down flat. Not crumbled, it says flat, to the city. 
so that the people went up to the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. We live in this world where we explain everything we do. I know how I get around. I know, I know how to invite someone to church. I know the process. You, hey, would you like to come to my church? Let me get you set up with the Bible study. I know this whole process, right? We're, we're not leaving a lot of room for faith and miracles, and yet we open this Bible that is chopped full of stories like this where there is no other way except God step in and make a way. And he does every time undeniably stepping in and performing a supernatural miracle. They walked around the walls and the walls fell down flat. That does not make sense. They're not shaking the foundation. They're not chipping away at the bottom as they go around. They're just walking around. Then they blow trumpets and shout and the walls fall down flat. How do you explain that? Is there, is there an explanation? How can you not believe that that was God? That's undeniably God coming through for the Israelites. Here's what I want you to recognize in these three scenarios. They came without a fight. The people of God did not have to fight in these situations. The battle that you are up against tonight looks like it's going to call for some fighting. You're getting on the boxing gloves. You know that it's going to get, it's going to get dirty. There's probably going to be a little bit of blood. Your knuckles might get bruised. There's going to be some fighting. It's not going to happen that way. I've come to tell somebody tonight, there is no fighting for this victory. I believe it. God is pushing us towards this victory that lies within this year of Jubilee. Pastor set it up great this morning. We have worked, we have, we have worked six days, we have rested seven, we've done it for 49 years. There is something coming, there is an undertow, there is an undercurrent coming to this church in a victory in this year of Jubilee that we will not have to work for, but God will perform miracles and nobody will get the credit but him. No one will get the credit but God. You will not have to fight your situation. You will not have to battle. God will fight this battle for you. The battle and the victory belongs to God. He is giving you this victory. He is giving you this testimony that won't give you any credit. Everybody okay with that? We will not be able to walk away and say, do you see that building? Look what we did. If we say that, it's not going to look very good. It's going to take a long time. Somehow our finances will probably roll backwards. I don't know how that's going to happen. But when day in and day out we say, look what the Lord has done, he is going to provide victory after victory after victory after victory after testimony after testimony, he is giving us this testimony that we won't get any credit for. It's going to be undeniably God that performs this. This will further and further prove his power and his might alone. And when you share that testimony, people will wonder, how did this happen? How is that possible? How did you do that? That's so cool that that happened in your life. People that don't understand the whole spiritual realm, you're going to start sharing these things with them. They're going to say, how did that happen? How did, can you, what, what did you do? What's, your, what's the secret sauce? And you're going to say, God. 
I, I can't take any credit for this at all. It's undeniably him. I can't say I had a part in it. I can't say this was even me. I watered and I planted. Yeah, but only, I only did that because God gave me the power to. He gave the increase. This is undeniably God. I want to share some testimonies with you. I got clearance for these testimonies before this service. Brother Brian Shelley, I was talking to him a couple months ago. When Tyler Shelley got into church at the beginning of 2017, Tyler went to Midwinter with the Middletown or the Hamilton Church at the time, uh, and he got the Holy Ghost at Midwinter 2017. Not been in church a lot prior to that. Went to Midwinter. Preacher asked if you want to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Come down to the front, raise your hands. Tyler walked down there, said, "I want it." The Lord gave it to him. He he then said, "Dad, I want to go to church." And Brian said, "Okay." Brian shared with me that he smoked cigarettes. I don't know how many. It was a lot. I, I, don't, I don't remember the number, but it was a good amount. And Brian said that when Tyler said, Dad, I want to go to church, Brian said, okay, we're going to go. Brian went home, took all the cigarettes, threw them away. Now, there's commercials for how to stop doing that. There are warnings for how you should, you should not smoke. You should not do these things. And there's a process for getting off of this addiction. But when God steps into your life, there's no, there's no explanation. There's no denying that it wasn't God that performed that miracle. I texted Brian. I said, Brian, is it, is it okay if I share that testimony? He said, absolutely. Tomorrow's three years. Tomorrow's my three-year anniversary. Glory be to God. It's not the power Brian had to say, okay, I'm going to go ahead and throw it away. It's Tyler getting the Holy Ghost to say, Dad, we got to turn our lives around. And Brian's saying, you're right, son. I'm going to tap back into that Holy Ghost, throw this away. And God steps in and moves. Hallelujah. It's undeniably God. Thank you, Jesus. I heard another story today about a family at this church that was facing $5,000 in medical debt. The insurance company kept calling back and calling back and saying, we are not covering this. We've covered enough. There's 5,000. You have to pay this remaining balance. This family said, okay, not going to happen. There wasn't like a, hey, let's try a payment plan. Let's try, let's try doing all this. Let's try to figure it out ourselves. Let's explain how we can do this. The insurance company called back a couple days ago, maybe this past week, and said, hey, we'd like to let you know we're just going to go ahead and cover that whole cost. We're just going to wipe it clean. How do you explain that? Well, there was probably a nice person at the insurance company that had a little bit of compassion. That's true. That's true. That's true. But this is still God. This is undeniably a testimony of a ready now offering testimony that happened. They came to church. They gave a promise. They gave an offering and God stepped in and covered a debt. This is one of my favorite ones. Bria started making pies. Bria started making pies. She started selling them for $20 a piece. Uh, and it, it costed her about $15 to make them. And so she had $5 left over to give to Ready Now. So she made five pies the end of December. And then on January 5th, walked into service, first Sunday of the year, with $25 in hand, her first Ready Now offering, and put that $25 in the offering plate. Amen. That's a testimony right there. Little is much when God is in it. Are you all ready? That was January 5th. On January 6th, she had to go to uh, the doctor for a medical consultation for a surgery that was going to have to happen. It was going to be about six to $8,000 total. This is the day after the offering. 
She walked in and they said, okay, this is, is going to be about $6,000. And, and the, the technician that was with her that day walked out and said, we've actually decided that we're going to go ahead and knock $2,000. I get to pick a kid to knock $2,000 off of their balance. So instead of owing six, you only owe $4,000. The day before, she had give $25 in a ready now offering. Now, was that because that person is... Is compassionate and just thought, this, is, this girl's got a nice smile. She probably got some little Christian lifestyle in her. Look at it. She, she deserves a reward. Yeah, maybe. But also this undeniably God. The Lord stepping in and providing a miracle. So praise God. Sister Cassandra and Joe did a lap around their house. Praise the Lord. She gave an offering on Sunday, received a blessing on Monday. Well, then Tuesday showed up. And the doctor's office called back and they said, hey, we actually got together and there's one time a year that we get to pick a kid. There's one kid and do the whole thing for free. And we've decided to pick Bria. I don't have an explanation for you. I don't have a reasoning why. She gave $25. That's why she was blessed. But, but, but why, how, did it, how did it work that way? Is that the way it happens? You just walk down and give an offering plate and the Lord gives back to you? Yeah, it's, it's undeniably God. It's the way he works. It's the way he blesses. Thank you, Jesus. She shared that testimony uh, a while ago in the branch. I think the Wednesday after it all happened. I was like, Lord, this little girl's full of faith. Look out. So if you like pies, even if you don't like pies, give to Bria. She's giving it to Ready now. Amen. The Lord is doing a work in this church. We can look back at scripture. We can look in Daniel. We can look at Joshua at these amazing stories where ways were provided out of situations where there appeared to be no way. You can also look to the right and to the left in this building tonight and see a testimony sitting on your row where you can say, hey, hey, what did God do for you? And they'll tell you, how did that happen? That, that's remarkable. I, I don't have a reason for you. It was God. It was only by his grace, only by his power, only by his might that I'm sitting here today. It was undeniably God. Here's where I'm going to prophesy to this church. This burden that you've been carrying around now for a while, for so long, God's going to take it. There's not going to be an explanation. He's just going to take it. It's not going to make sense. That prayer that you have prayed that hasn't been answered yet. And you prayed again, and you came to ladies' prayer, and it wasn't answered. You came again to men's prayer, and it wasn't answered. You came to youth prayer. You came up to the front during Sunday morning. It hasn't been answered yet. It's the sixth time. you got to dip with the seventh one more time. God is providing a way. It's going to be undeniably Jesus Christ, that lost family member that you've been interceding for for years and years and years. Do me a favor. Picture their face right now. That lost family member that you are imagining sitting next to you in church tonight. It's coming. They are coming. The move of God in their life is coming. And it won't be because of you. It won't be because you enticed them. You said, hey, come with me to church. It's going to be undeniably God. He's going to show up in their life. He's going to provide hope and love. He's going to show up. He's going to show out. That revival we've been looking for in the youth group, in, in Arbol de Vida, in Prime, in the roots downstairs, in the, tr in the church up here, the tree of life, that revival we've been looking for is coming. It's coming. And when it gets here, 
It's undeniably God. It's not going to be because of us. It's not going to be because we have great programs and great graphics and great music and centrally located bathrooms. That's not going to be the reason why revival shows up. It's going to be undeniably God. Hallelujah. It won't be because of how we organize. It won't be because of how we do things. It won't even be because of our structure. It won't be from our power. It won't be from our might. But there is coming an undeniable move of God. We are looking for supernatural moves of God. What does that mean? It means it's not natural. We're not going to be able to explain it. There's going to be healings and things that happen in this church that we cannot explain. We cannot take credit for it. This was not a natural thing. Where did that tumor go? I don't know. It was God. Where did that cancer go? I don't know. It was God. Where did that debt go? I don't know. It was God. Where did this family member come from? I don't know. It was God. It's going to be him. He's going to show up. He's going to be here in our midst, supernatural, unexplainable, undeniable healings and deliverances and salvations are coming to the tree of life. Church, it is coming. Change lives are coming. Change lives are coming. Sometimes we get too far removed from the life we're, we're not living now. You look back and you think, oh, my life has changed a lot. That life you used to live and the change that you've experienced, that's going to happen for somebody else. My prayer a couple years ago became, and I don't know where it came from, I just was praying it. It said, Lord, do for me, do for someone else what you did for me. God, you have taken me. I'm, I don't know how far down this process of perfection I am that Pastor preached about this morning, but I'm, I'm, I'm in the midst of it. Started for somebody else, God. Start working in somebody else's life. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Changed lives are coming. You're going to see testimonies left and right. I didn't see them last Sunday. Yeah, but you saw them. That's their second time, and it's their third time, and it's getting crowded in here. Changed lives are coming. People you know at work with hopeless situations, hope is coming to them. It's coming. It's coming. There's this undercurrent flowing. I felt it last summer. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Get ready for it. Changed lives are coming. Hope is coming. It's coming. You can't see it. It won't make sense, but it's coming. I'm here to tell you it's coming. I'm here to tell you it's coming. The Lord is getting ready to work many, many miracles, signs, and wonders. We're going to see it. We've worked. Pastor preached about it this morning. I don't think it was just all a tie-in so he could hit the 49. I don't think that was true. I think we're stepping into a victory. I think we're stepping into a year of jubilee. I think it's coming. I believe it's coming. I believe it's coming. I'm going to turn your attention back to Exodus chapter 13, verse 17 and 18. I'm going to read this in the New Living Translation. When Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through Philistine territory. 
first thing we can take away here is that they were being led by the Lord, not by themselves. Even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. Your victory looks like it's so close. It's right there. God's saying, we're actually going to go this way. But God, I can explain this route. This makes sense. It's the shortest distance from A to B. And God said, yeah, but when you hit that battle, you're going to get scared and want to back out and go back to Egypt. He knows the thoughts and intents of our heart. He knows us. So I'm going to go ahead and lead you this way. So we get led this way, and we get around to the Red Sea. And now we can't even fight. Pharaoh and his chosen selected chariots and armies are behind us. They are coming for us. If the people are faced with the battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. Verse 18, so God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness toward the Red Sea. It's not going to make sense. God may be asking you to do something that doesn't make sense. Walk around this wall seven times. That doesn't make sense. But when you do it, there's not even going to be a fight. It's not going to make sense. And I don't even know if this is making sense to you right now. I'm hoping that the Lord is speaking to your spirit. It's not going to make sense in the flesh. But when we get there and Moses raises that staff and says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, you're going to say, this is terrifying. We, we, we left Egypt for this. They assumed that death was coming to them. This is what you led us here for. And then he raises that staff, and a way is made where there seems to be no way. And they get through. And the Egyptians follow, and the, the walls crash into water, and they turn around and see. Not only did they make it, but now the enemy was defeated. They didn't have to do anything. They didn't even walk through on wet ground. They walked through on dry ground. It's an undeniably God situation. He didn't lead them to where the Philistines would be and say, hey, this is a shorter route, and when you get to the battle, I'll help you. He said, let's go the roundabout way. You, you don't, don't even have to fight. It's just going to happen. It's just going to happen. God is going to step in and take it. He wanted them to know before they entered the wilderness to trust him no matter what. Trust me no matter what. There wasn't an option for the Israelites. They were led to the edge of the Red Sea with enemies behind them. But God was about to move in a way that they didn't see coming. Maybe you're thinking tonight, I'm up against a situation that doesn't make sense. I don't know how to get out of it. And if, even if God steps in and provides a way out of it, I don't see how. I don't think that God has done this one before. And there's something interesting I learned a couple years ago that this wasn't the first time God even separated water. Israelites are thinking, what are we going to do? There's a, there's a sea in front of us. How do we get out of here? How do we have an unexplainable, undeniable God moment here? And the Lord's like, I've done this before. Genesis chapter 1, verse 7. And God made the firmament, which in verse 8 he calls the heavens. And he divided the waters, which were under the firmament, which were under the firmament from the waters, which were above the firmament. And it was so. We can explain clouds today. We can say there's a reason they stay up there. It's humidity. They rise, and when they get too heavy, it rains. And then there's evaporation. It goes back up. We can explain why the waters are separated today. It's because God did it back in Genesis 1-7. You're going to come up against a situation that you're going to think there's no way that this can happen. 
And there's probably no way that God's ever faced something like this before. There's no Red Sea that God has faced like this before. I don't know how this is going to happen. And he's going to say, I've done this time and time again. And I'm going to do it again for you. I've already separated the waters once. It's no big deal for me to do it again. Dry ground. There you go. Walk through. It's coming. It's coming. That miracle you are looking for is nothing too hard for my God. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. He's done it before, and he's going to do it again. Amen? Would you stand with me this evening? Would you just take a moment now, lift up your hands, and build up your most holy faith? God, I believe, but help my unbelief. Jesus, there's a part of me that sees this, but there's still a part of me that doesn't really understand what's going to happen, doesn't understand what's coming. Help me to believe, God. Help me to believe, God. I've been in this church my entire life. I believe God. I know he's real. I got the Holy Ghost when I was six. I've experienced him time and time again. But my faith has been challenged in the last six months. Some of you were here on the Sunday night where we recapped what happened at North American Youth Congress where there was a moment where we were in uh, the dome at America Center in St. Louis. 35, 37,000 people. It's huge. And, and the, the preacher got up and said, this isn't big. This is the beginning. Look up, lift up your eyes from where your help comes from. The fields are white with harvest. He said, I looked up and I saw another 20,000 empty seats. And the Lord, I mean, in that moment, I thought, oh man, that was so cool. What a great effect. They had all the lights go up and, and the stage was black, but all the empty seats were illuminated. What a cool effect. That was so cool. And then the Lord spoke to me and he said, Tyler, what, how's the branch going to make an impact on those empty seats? How's prime going to make an impact on those empty seats? And I said, I don't know, Lord, you tell me. And so he's begun to put this faith inside of me. That's really not even for myself. It's to empower these young students and these young adults that there's one person in their life that needs hope. There's one person in their life that God is putting on their heart to reach out to. There are many, but God is focusing us in on one person. And I believe that when we go back to Youth Congress in 2021, every person from this church that went this past year is going to take somebody new with them. That's a lot of people. Yeah, that's a lot of people. I got faith, man. I don't know where it came from. It just showed up. I've started calling coach bus lines saying, hey, we're probably going to need uh, three coach buses. Uh, that's a lot, Ty. That's a lot. That's a lot of people. It's, it's money. That's a lot of logistical work. We're a year and a half out. Why, do we, why are we doing that? Because God has put a burden on us that something is coming. I can feel it. Let's not just sit around and say, well, we'll wait for it. Let's prepare. Let's build up our faith now. I'm believing for undeniable moves of God. We were at a back-to-school rally in August. One more send-off, one more Holy Ghost powwow before everybody went back. 
And the preacher got up and started preaching that these kids can do anything. They can have faith that can move mountains. They can start a P7 club and their entire school can attend. It was a Friday night and I just drove two hours and I thought, well, yeah, like maybe. That'd be cool. Like if they had five or 10, 15, but an entire school, you're talking about a couple hundred people, the teachers, they're not gonna participate. But maybe, that'd be neat. I was listening to a podcast by Adam Shaw. I'm gonna try to tell the story correctly. There's a young man up in Ontario, Canada, who had a P7 at his school. It's just a Bible club. You can have it before school, during lunch, after school, but it's basically just a time that students get apostolic curriculum and can teach it in class. You get sponsored by one of the teachers. They can get up and do it. Brother Manny Cephas did it a couple years ago, had a friend move to Detroit, find an apostolic church, and get baptized in Jesus' name. It works. I'm just here to tell you it works. And this kid, uh, this kid tells Brother Shaw this story. He said, I taught my P7 at school and I teamed up with one of my Christian buddies. He wasn't Pentecostal, but I teamed up with him and we taught it together. And he said, hey, you should come speak to my youth group, my non-Pentecostal youth group. He said, okay, well, let me go check with my youth pastor. So he went, he's 17. He said, hey, youth pastor, can I go preach at this non-denominational church? He just want me to go speak on a Friday night at one of the youth services. He said, absolutely, man, that's an open door. You started a P7, this is, God's taking you somewhere. He said, cool. 17 years old, walked into that youth service. There's about 100 kids in that youth service, but there was somebody from the pastoral team in the back that watched this kid preach. And he got done and he said, hey man, that was, that was a really good job. And this kid's like, you know, thanks. I'm not a preacher. I just teach a Bible club at school, but I appreciate that. He said, we'd actually like to have you come back and speak to our main congregation on a Sunday morning, about 3,000 people. This kid said, well, let me go, let me go check with my youth pastor because I'm kind of hoping he says no. <laughs> so he goes back and says, youth pastor, I preached at that youth service and now they want me to go do a Sunday morning message. Should I do it? He said, yeah, these are the doors that God's opening for you, man. You are stepping into it. So he said, okay. So he got his notes, he got his Bible, he got up in front of those 3,000 people and preached a message got done pastoral staff said man thanks for coming we really blessed us we'd like you to come back on a monthly basis preach to this 3,000 person non-denominational church on a monthly basis I thought how cool for that kid that'd be awesome what if it happened in Cincinnati I believe it I don't know if the, the entire part of me believes it, help my unbelief, but I believe it. There's a portion, there's a measure of faith God gave to me, and I believe it. I believe a kid can start a P7 Bible club and his entire school gets saved. All of his teachers, all of his principals, I believe it can happen. I believe the person you've been sitting next to at work for years can come to church. That person you're like, I invited them to church a while ago, but I kind of wrote them off. Not officially, but I just stopped talking to him about it because I just assumed it's not coming. Well, when they walk through these doors, that's going to be an undeniable move of God. Well, well, it's because of you. It's because of your persistence, right? No, 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 no. This is not a testimony that I'm going to get the credit for. This is undeniably God. 
build up your faith right now. I'm believing for undeniable moves of God. I am believing for undeniable miracles. I'm believing for undeniable signs. I'm believing for undeniable wonders. I'm believing for undeniable offerings. I'm believing for undeniable healings. I'm believing for undeniable provisions. I'm believing for undeniable deliverance from addiction. I'm believing for undeniable salvation to those people we thought would never come to this church. I'm believing for it. I'm believing for it. And when the world looks at our church and says, what is going on at Tree of Life? There's not going to be an explanation. It's not going to say, well, we built this cool building. It's so nice. We prayed for it. We gave. That was the goal. No, the goal is an undeniable move of God. What's happening at Tree of Life Church? Shrug. It's an undeniable move of God. Maybe you're not 100% on board with me tonight, but would you just lift your hands and say, God, help my unbelief. Lord, I came in here not knowing what to expect, but there is a shift in the atmosphere. Pastor preached about it this morning. We are stepping into a victory. We are stepping into testimony. We are stepping into a time of winning. And I'm believing for it, God. I'm believing for it, Jesus. Come on, somebody, lift your hands, open up your mouth, and increase your faith. Build up your most holy faith. Would you make your way to this altar tonight and just pray, God, align my spirit with what's happening at the tree of life. Align my spirit, God, so that those people I come into contact with every day that need the hope that I hold dear, I can share it with them so that those changed lives can come and that hope can be known in Jesus' name. For the best.